Sports Podcast. I said, Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast with Andy Ruther and Joe Prano. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I am your host, Andy Ruther. Coming to you live from Cincinnati, Ohio, with my co-host, live from the Jersey Shore, Joey Nocho Prano. Jim Tan Laundry, Jim Tan Laundry. You know it's it's still a thing, right? Like it's back. What is the Jersey Shore? Yeah, it's an it's a show. Yeah, like MTV. I did brought, not know that. I yeah, did MT- not know that. A- MTV I that brought was like fifteen years old. It was, but they brought it back. Ah. Jersey grandparents. You know, I'm going to start off with a quick gripe. We, we have zero originality in Hollywood. I'm just going to say it. They're the bringing things back. Like, I saw the new trailer for Ghostbusters, and I'm just saying, dude. It looks kind of good, though. Does it? Kind of. Looks better than like, we're going to do it with women. I just, you know, after all those years being in that town and, and you see what I would argue, a lot of creative and talented people, the, the notion that we can't do anything original, we have to refurbish it. There's tons of people with original ideas. There's also a ton of original things that come out. Just they don't make blockbuster movies originals because they don't want to take the chances of ever losing money. Well, this guy yeah. just run. It's pouring rain out. This is a guy's running by with no shirt on. Like this is so Jersey. Guy just jogging by with no shirt. Like, bro, what are you trying to prove? It's dedicated. It's dedicated. We do it. I'm not going to bring a shirt. He's got that. Never stop mentality. You know, I wonder if he, I wonder how he would do in the Olympics if he was a gymnast. Oh well, yeah. Jumping right yeah. into it. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's jump. Let's jump right into the uh, Simone Biles discussion because it's everywhere. Well, I think that, you know, you bring up a great point and this is, this is the, uh, this is the kind of thing that people just don't think about. And, you know, we do a sports show and we we've been critical of athletes, over the years we're critical of certain guys play and whatever but like i've always said i try to stay away from you know saying oh this guy sucks or that guy whatever because they're all so better than anything so you know you said like oh, i wonder how that guy would fare in the olympics he'll never go he never had a chance this is the guy who's out here at you know 9 a.m in the morning in the in a monsoon with no shirt on running he couldn't be more committed. He didn't sniff the Olympics for one second of his life. So it's kind of ridiculous how many people weigh in on like how they would deal with the pressure of being the, you know, the, the greatest gymnast in American Olympic history. It's like, you never know because you've never sniffed that level of competitive you know, uh, athleticism in your whole life. But meanwhile, you know, 
everybody's like, well, it will. If I were an Olympian, when I played JV high school basketball, I never sat out. You're like, yeah, bro, no one cared. Well, you know, for me, I don't even, I try not to care what everyone says on either side. I, I think a problem we have as a, not just a country, but a world, we, we lack empathy. And, and, and that's basically what you're talking about. We, we lack trying to understand someone else's perspective or what they're going through. And I think it couldn't be more evident now that, you know, I told somebody yesterday, somebody asked, uh, I've been doing some volunteer work and somebody just walked out in front of everybody and goes, so what do we think of Simone Biles situation? And I said, you don't have to think anything of it. I was kind of a dick. I go, you don't have to have an opinion. It's, f- it's fine. We, we don't know exactly what is happening. Right. But to me, that was a prime example of what do we think it's, it's like we're forced as a society to have to think when we don't know everything. I mean, obviously, you know, you right. You can have an opinion on like what happened and you can have an opinion on, you know, how crazy it is. And the fact that she, you know, trained all the last five years to get here and then she gets there and, and this happens. But, you know, I just I was a really really good swimmer as a kid like really good and i burnt out as a child i was like i this is too much i want to play baseball i want to play basketball i want to play football i don't want to swim twice a day every day and like have this be my thing and by the way my coach wasn't fingering my teammates and fucking raping them and and, her, and and then ask and then me and having you, to do press conferences to fucking talk about it. Well, she she was also and I wasn't doing it on a major level and I wasn't fucking and I was really good and burnt out. It's like the idea that these people are like, well, you know, I'm just saying if I was an Olympian, well, you're not because you'll you have never had that kind of drive in your whole life for anything. So for people who aren't aware, I just want to just briefly describe the life that she's lived, that she's had to fight just as a human, take gym, take gymnastics out of it. So Biles was not, she was put in the foster care the first six years of her life, her and her siblings. So her own mother had some, you know, demons that she was battling. So she was in and out of foster care. So let's just start with that. Imagine you're not raised in a normal household by your own mom, by your own dad. She had it rough from the start, right? That's, that's a rough way to start your life with no stability. Then she gets into gymnastics. Obviously, she's extremely talented. Like you said, all the hours, all the work. Then Larry Nasser sexually assaults her among God knows how many other female gymnasts. So, so she, she's battled some serious things all while becoming arguably, I don't know enough about it, but everything I read, the greatest gymnast in the United States history. So, so I agree. I don't, I don't, plus I don't think people understand the pressure and and the work in, in this. And and, and that, that would be my argument is like, if you, Look at the people who are critical. It's only people who you can tell have never 
faced pressure like that at all one single time talking heads like we we i have yet to see the the big time athlete i mean espn you know has all the talking heads and whatever but like we're seeing all the the kind of just guys who are known to just be talkers like i haven't seen shannon sharp say this i haven't seen you know these guys who have made sacrifices their entire life to be athletes say anything yet because they all know like you know we have we obviously had a great situation where the were the greatest olympian ever and arguably the greatest you know individual athlete in the history of the planet michael phelps is at the olympics and they're like, Michael Phelps, what do you think? And he was like, Oh, I'm glad you asked me because I won eight Olympics in the eight one gold medals in one Olympics and tried to kill myself. Like this shit is difficult. And I, I think again, I don't know because I haven't experienced it either. I think when you have an individual sport and such a concentrated sport like gymnastics, I feel like the pressure is even higher. Because you can get hurt in other sports, but when you mess up and you're on the beam and you're doing flips and you're doing twists, there could be serious repercussions. And, she, and that, that's basically what came out also, right? Is that she has the gymnastics version of the yips where Correct. she has the spinsies or the flippies or whatever. And she has lost track of herself in the air. Like, what the fuck? Are you kidding me? So I'm around this somewhat. My niece has been doing gymnastics since she's five. And I mean, serious. She's nine. She, she does it this summer. She was doing it. You know, she's in a program. And I know it's not cheap. I mean, it's a very specialized program. She goes three hours a week, three hours, three times a week. Imagine that at nine. And she's competing nationally and she competes. I mean, it's serious. And I know just from seeing in my own family and obviously she's not an Olympian and, and that's whole next level. But my point is I see the specialized training for a young child. Now imagine doing that, like you said, your whole life and to the degree of pressure that none of us really know with someone who also had a really rough upbringing as far as where she was placed in this world to start. So the idea that she's not a competitor, and I don't know if I've really seen that, but I think I want to keep that in mind too, is it's absurd. But I, I have seen that. I have seen the people say Michael would never, Kobe that, would never. That's absurd. Well, it's absurd because Michael quit basketball from for two times for being mentally and physically exhausted. Sure. And Kobe Bryant's dead because the dude couldn't handle traffic. So like, you know, we all well, have the things. Well, I mean, I don't, I don't, that might be a stretch. I don't, I don't know. Is it, is it a stretch? The dude regularly helicoptered his whole career from orange County to Los Angeles. Every other single athlete in LA drives their car. Deals with what we all deal with in L.A., massive traffic. Kobe Bryant refused for the better part of his 20-year career to deal with traffic. 
he refused to deal with traffic to go to his, you know, daughter's Sunday morning basketball game. And he took the, he took risks involved with that because he refused to deal with traffic and he's dead because of it. <laughs> I mean, you might be an oversimplification, but it's fucking true. We've, we've heard the story for years. Kobe Bryant taking a helicopter from OC to Staples. He doesn't do traffic. He likes to get there early. Well, post career, he kept on the same thing and he, you know, Took him and his daughter and their teammates skip traffic going to the valley. Well, again, I think people could debate that and and you're obviously fair to make those points, but I, I agree with the overall point that this idea that pressure in these athletes now you can get specific. I don't think Michael Jordan ever leaves game seven or LeBron or any of those guys. I, I don't think they, would leave for mental health reasons in the middle of a finals. But again, I think it's apples to oranges. Yeah. I, because I, Michael Jordan didn't, wasn't worried about how he was landing when he would jump. That's that what I'm saying. Concern of his. He didn't I, have I th- vertigo. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's apples to oranges. Um, But Michael Jordan did retire because he couldn't handle the media frenzy in the nineties, nothing compared to what it is today, which we discussed at length during the last dance. So this notion that everybody else is infallible and, and she's not, I, it's just not fair to her at all. And again, to bring it back to what I said initially, let's just have some empathy here. She's 24. She's a kid. Yeah. yeah. And she's, she's 24. she was 20. The last Olympics. She's already accomplished. She's not. She wasn't at 20 years old. Michael Jordan was suckling Dean Smith's teeth in Chapel Hill. Michael had not achieved a single postseason win at 24 years old. Now, let's just not compare pressures of 24 year olds at the world stage to 29-year-olds and 35-year-olds playing in, you know, essentially globally regional athletic competitions. Now, look, people can make an argument. I I don't think this is all necessarily black and white. People can make an argument, well, damn, she did it mid-competition. That's not good to her teammates to drop out. Look, people can make that argument. I'm not going to debate that. I don't know. I don't know. We don't know how our teammates feel or if they're ever going to be honest about it, people can make that argument. Like, But what is that? What is that argument? Then that argument is she doesn't, she doesn't feel like she can compete, but she should. So like, are are they arguing that she is lying and that she does feel like she can compete? Because if she doesn't feel like she, these, all these gymnasts, I mean, a, a, a female gymnast just won the all around gold medal just now, you know, an hour ago. Or yeah. whatever it is like the United States gymnastics team t- tends to be pretty good on a year to year basis. Sure. Uh, are, are you, are we arguing that they needed her at not her best to win? I mean, they still took a silver. Yeah. Well, I think the argument can be made and I've seen this and I think it's a fair argument that she, if, she, if this was going to happen or if she was going 
into the Olympics with these feelings, she could have given her spot to somebody else. I mean, that's a fair argument. I'm not saying it's not a fair argument. Unless, of course, the vault that we saw that went awry was when she started feeling like she had lost herself in the air. And that's a fair argument back too. that's my point is I'm trying to see things from different angles as well. But I don't like when everyone just to just to dump or dunk on her is stupid, but also to give 100 percent free pass, I think. I'm ready to examine certain other things, but also I think it goes. So I mean, I don't think there's see even saying something like to give a free pass, like she dropped out of the Olympics mid competition saying that she wasn't like basically mentally capable to do it. I could, I can't imagine giving oneself less of a free pass. Right. You yeah. went in front of the world. You're one of the most famous Olympic athletes at the moment. And you said, I can't do this. Like that takes that you, you take a gigantic hit for that either way. Like she wasn't like, Hey, I'm going to go. And people well, are like, what? You know what I mean? Like she very much took it on the chin. She did, but she's also well on one side, but then she's also getting Uber lifted and celebrated on the other side. I mean, this, this is an actual headline, which is in my opinion offensive to her amazing career this is an actual headline simone biles just made the most impressive move of her career no she didn't most impressive move is all those gold medals and everything she's done to me that's offensive to her career and everything she's accomplished that the most impressive thing was her dropping out i guess you know do do you see my uh, point though joe like that yeah to, to me that's that's diminishing all the great accomplishments that she's done where my, my I, point I, is, I, I think the impressive, I think it's, you know, it's a pretty terrible phrased headline, but the point is, is like, she's obviously a, a an uber talented, naturally gifted athlete. And, you know, she probably never in her life thought, Oh, I'm going to do the triple, whatever. I'm going to do the bios. I'm going to do something I competed and thinks like this takes courage. You know what I mean? She's just like any fantastic athlete. She's just pushing herself to the limits and she's doing things no one had done before, but like she progressed as an athlete. Whereas I think obviously the headlines that are applauding her as being courageous to be able to say this, unlike so many people through the years who just don't have the courage to say it and then melt down on a grand stage and then live the rest of their lives dealing with that is, you know, she, I feel like went out of her way to say like, I can't do this. And like, I think that's something. No, it is. I I agree. It takes balls. And 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 honestly, you know what the thing is, is like, I think with stories like this, we often get caught up in the negative reaction more than the story itself, like the people who are calling her out. But like, take a look at that. Like, who, who have you seen anybody whose opinion you respect at all that's being critical of her? I haven't seen one. Every tweet I see that's being shared is Matt Walsh blog, Piers Morgan, Clay Travis. Like, the, the, and then and then that begs the question: Like, why is it weird? Why why does this break down that like weird conservatives think she 
Well, I, I try not to follow that. As you know, I, I've been trying to ignore because I think all those people you mentioned feel like they have to take a side and a lot of times more of a contrarian side. And, and, and I think oh, it's, I would I, I would argue that it's way more simple than that. I would argue that those guys take a side that's anti black athlete. I just oh. think I, I just think that they are racists. OK, well, well, again, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't agree with that. I would disagree with that. I, I think I think that we live in such a. Identity po- politics, because in a way it, it is politicized. Everything is. And it's it's disgusting to me. You know, I'm to the point of don't watch the news like I'm not even joking to everybody. I, I would advise you not to watch the news because it's shit. It's all shit from one network to another. And and I I've been trying to ignore most of the takes and Again, I, I keep bringing it back. I just think there, there's a lack of empathy from people who are critical of her. And I think we, sh- we should try to look for the good in this. And the good is it takes balls, it takes big balls to say, hey, I got some shit going on. I'm going to pull out. I, I think it's much harder to do that than to fail. I agree. I'd be I do, like, I did my I, I best. I do agree. I do agree there. And I'm pulling out to put my team in a better position because I don't think I, at this juncture, are as good as another great athlete on our team at her best. Now, at the same token, I know the pressure, as we know, is so intensified during these competitions. It's once every four years. And It's not just her. A lot of these athletes from around the world have had really rough lives. We know that. They come from war-torn countries and poverty. So a lot of people have gone through extreme situations. And we've seen time and time again in her career, she has risen to the top and battled all the things that she's had to deal with. But this time she said, I'm not capable, which is not an easy thing to do. So I don't think throwing her in the fire and casting her out like she's some pariah. I just don't think it's fair to her or to any athlete who goes through shit. But I do want to, can I pose a question though? I got a DM and I think this is an interesting turn in the discussion. So shout out to Dalton Miller. Dirtball said, with how everyone is handling Simone Biles' absence from the Olympics and being proud of her, you know, for the most part, I think people are. How is it different than when Kyrie took time off this season for personal reasons and everyone roasted him? Is it because he's a male and mental health, mental issues within males isn't treated as serious? No, I think the, I think the majority of the reason why it's different for Kyrie is, one, uh, Simone Biles, had has already achieved has proven she can has proven she can do it on the grandest stage has done it as the number one and so it's like the idea that we have all these athletes you know there's i mean think about the peyton mannings of the world like oh is peyton is he just not clutch you know, uh, he he couldn't get it done. So many times he couldn't get it done. He couldn't get it done. He couldn't get it done. Kyrie Irving has run himself out of multiple situations 
and has never achieved at the highest level, has only ever been somebody else's second, and is not open about what has happened. He's not saying, listen, I can't do this right now. I'm whatever. It's I'm gone three days here. I'm gone three days there. I'm gone because Black Lives Matter. I'm gone because my mom isn't feeling well. I'm gone because this. I'm gone because that. But also not answering questions about it. This girl came out and straight up said exactly what's happening. I can't mentally deal with this right now. I'm have the spinsies or whatever. I can't do it. Kyrie is just gone. Steve Nash doesn't have an answer. His teammates don't have an answer. No one has an answer. He did the exact opposite of what Simone Biles did. Everybody's saying what courage it took her to come out in front of the entire world when the pressure's on and say, I can't do this. As opposed to Kyrie, who's in the middle of the regular season, disappears with no explanation at all. Multiple times. Multiple times. Everything that we're saying about, you know, even the headline, impressive, courageous, whatever. If Kyrie Irving said, I can't play because of this, it would be understandable. But Kyrie Irving doesn't believe he owes that to the, anybody. He believes he can just come and go as he pleases with actually no explanations to his teammates or coaches when he has achieved nothing on her level. So somebody who literally has achieved so much, they don't have to answer to anybody answered to everybody and somebody who hasn't achieved anything answered to nobody. Yeah, I, I now, agree I'm not you. saying you didn't achieve anything in getting to the NBA and being great, but he's not been a leader ever in the history of his team. And he continues to do that when he's takes these things, he leaves and we still don't know why. If he had explained himself and said, I am dealing with this and I cannot play. But we every time something happens, people are having to do a link of like, what is going on right now? Is this because of the protests? Is this because of a China thing? I heard his mom might be sick. He doesn't believe he owes the answer to anybody. Well, there's no in, transparency. And truly a team sport. Yeah. And I think that's the point. The lack of transparency with his team, with his coach, with the fans, with anyone. He's, he's not, he's not acknowledging it. And you're right. She, she's already accomplished. It didn't matter what Simone Biles did heading into this Olympics. She'd already accomplished it all. Everyone had already mostly agreed. She was the best women's U S women's gymnast of all time. Right. She, she had already reached the peak and, and you're right. Like Kyrie, while extremely gifted and great basketball player, he, he's not on her level of what she's done in her sport and what he's done in his sport. And, and to be honest, I, I think, you know, he hasn't done himself favors on some of the things he said, you know, he, he garnered all those headlines for the flat earth and things started kind of with that. He's not helping himself. Simone Biles, from what I've seen, this is, this is like the first time where anybody can even nitpick her as a person. Right. And we both agree that it's foolish. And another thing, 
her her brother, she's going through a lot. Her brother was charged with murder in the last year. So that's another thing weighing on her. And, and I'll just be, we, we talk about transparency. Like guys, I, I have a lot of rough days, like losing my parents. And mentally, I'm checked out sometimes. And I have battled a lot of demons in the last year and a half. So I'm definitely sensitive to her on these issues. And I had it a lot better growing up than she did. Like I'm, I, I don't think I could get on a stage right now. And I haven't performed in a year and a half. And that's to tell stupid Taco Bell jokes or whatever it is. I mean, I, I literally just asked you the other day and you're like, October is going to be here before you know it. I can't be on stage. I'm like, dude, it's two months away. But that's my point is that I, I'm not there. Dude, I'm not there mentally to go on dates with girls. And I just think that these days, like, you know, the courageous thing, the like, you know, impressive thing, the whatever that everybody's saying is like, it's happening more and more. Naomi Osaka and, you know, Simone Biles and whatever, where these people are saying, hey, I like they're just owning it. And the thing in the past has always been we don't talk about that. We don't, you know, recognize it. We don't shine a light on it. And now. I mean, through the years, I mean, look at the amount of athletes that have had, you know, weird endings and because they don't do this stuff. And I mean, listen, like everybody can say the wokeness, the pussification, the whatever. And it's like, I, I don't like it's so it's such a cliche thing to say, like, you're a pussy because you're like open about your feelings. It's so fucking dumb. Yeah, no, I agree. And, and again, and listen. Here's the other thing. And we've talked about that for a while. And I think we can move on to other topics, but like there's really not, I haven't seen a single person whose opinion I respect on this, a former athlete or a person who has like a, you know, uh, an, uh, a, an opinion show or an opinion, you know, platform that I respect that's taking a shot at her. Honestly, I think, you know, the majority of this argument that people are having over this one side is fueled by just, you know, hate and racism. And the rest of us are just going like, Oh, I don't think so. I think she's, you know, I think this is really tough. I think it's really tough to be like a famous athlete at 24 who has to work at flipping every day. Well, and other well, people are like, man, eh, fuck black girls. Well, again, I, I we don't agree on that. I'm just going to say, okay. we, I mean, but I just, I want to know if maybe you're seeing other people. I, I have who are the non-conservative white guys who have attacked her? Look, I so again, you just think that's a coincidence. What I think is that people want to get clicks and they want to take stances right, that, that right. they know are going to be totally. controversial. Uh, and, I think I 100 percent agree with you, Andy. But I think the fact that outspoken conservative white guys are getting clicks by attacking a young black girl is because they're catering to their audience. But I, but I don't want to, I don't, you know me, I don't, I don't like putting, I think putting those labels only divides us more. I, I a hundred percent, I a hundred percent agree with you too. I think absolutely nothing divides us more like guys who speak to conservative white males being like, let's trash a 24 year old black girl. I a hundred percent agree with you. But again, I, I don't like to me race. I'm not, I'm not, but I want to, but that's now my I'm point not, is. You're just ignoring the fact of the matter, unless you're like, no, look, here's this guy saying this. 
Here's this woman saying this about her. I see Matt Walsh, Ben Shapiro, Clay Travis, and Piers Morgan fueling one side of the debate. Well, you see people who have opinions. And again, I haven't even read or seen most of those people's opinions, nor do I necessarily care as much. I, I think these things do get politicized because then people on the left are going to push her up in, in a weird way, like I read that Deadspin article, which again, to me, is a reckless headline. It's a stupid headline to say the most impressive thing of her career is pulling out of a tournament. No, the most impressive thing is what she's done in her accomplishments within the sport. Th that, that, is, that is to me just as reckless to say the most impressive thing she's done is pull out as it is to say, oh, she's a pussy. She can't handle the pressure. They're both just reckless to well, me. One of them, one of them has positive reinforcements and one of them has negatives. And the impressive thing, while maybe, you know, also clickbaiting, also whatever, again, the, the thought of it is what if some girl who's feeling this in the future goes like, you know, she was praised for it. So now I can do that. As opposed to the opposite side where it's actually, again, I just think hateful. I don't, I don't think it's hateful. I think a lot of people are misguided or they're guided, again, by clicks, by the contrarian stance, which we see in media, in social media. But the big takeaway that I just want to say to everybody, and we've discussed this, is, you know, mental health is important. And all these issues, whether it's Simone Biles or listeners or ourselves what we go through it's important and luckily we have something to help joe we have our friends at talkspace which is a great app that prioritizes mental health which as we know couldn't be more important especially in the last year and a half two years however long the pandemic's been going on and uh the stats don't lie over 50 percent of americans struggle with their mental health and I was just honest about it a few minutes ago. You know, I, I struggle a lot right now and I have my good days. I have my bad days, but luckily I have Talkspace as an app where I can speak with someone 24 seven over 1000 licensed therapists. So if you're struggling with anything in life, you'll feel so much better talking to somebody. I can't reiterate that enough, whether that's via FaceTime, Zoom, text, all these things are available on Talkspace. So start feeling better, better with a single message. Match with a licensed therapist when you go to Talkspace.com and get $100 off your first month with promo code DIRTY. That's $100 off when you use promo code DIRTY at Talkspace.com. And all seriousness, guys, if, if you have anything that you want to talk to somebody about, this couldn't be an easier way to get started on that. And obviously, it's a great deal. The truth is, this stuff is not cheap. And to get $100 off your first month is a great benefit for you. And I think, I know me personally, after I ever talk with somebody, I always feel better. Because you, you got to get it off your chest. And I think that's what Simone Biles did. And She's had things weigh on her, and I guarantee you she feels better after getting it off her chest.
like you said, Joe, instead of just letting it perpetuate and then years down the line, it comes out, oh, I was a mess. All right. Let's, uh, do you want to talk any more Olympics? Sure. I mean, I have, I've been spotty at best in my viewing as I've been a, uh, a bit of a nomad since I've been on the East coast, but I have watched a bunch of the swimming and that's really kind of it so far. Okay. Well, we have a, uh, we have an official Olympic correspondent. Okay. So shout out to Reed from NorCal frequent caller of the show. Also frequent Venmo donator for his calls. So much thanks to Reed. He wanted to call and leave. I said, you got two minutes because it cuts off at two minutes. He wanted to discuss the non-popular Olympic sports in a two-minute review. And I think he okay. sum- I think he did pretty well, given that he had time constraints. So this is Reed's Olympic 2020 Tokyo Olympics update. What's up, Dirty Sports? It's number one, Yolo County Dirtball Reed, checking in with an Olympic update for non-marquee sports. Here we go. Weightlifting. Guys, weightlifting is something you got to check out, especially now as the bigger weight glasses are coming in. It's super cool watching people lift up massive amounts of weight. It's very primal, and you can't help but root for them when they're so excited after they make a lift. Shout out Hinlin Diaz of the Philippines for the first gold in their country's history. Guys, canoe song. Check it out. Fast-paced. Lots of fun. You get to see that people contort super hard in the water and it's very easy to follow. Um, I don't know much to say about it. I've never heard of it. Started watching it. It's fun. Uh, check out the CAC version as well. Judo. Guys, judo is one of my new favorite things to watch. It's very dramatic. It's not super action filled, but when it does, it's quick and it's explosive. And I think it's, it's a, it's an intellectual sort of sport more than a physical one, even though they're clearly struggling super hard against each other. Fencing. Fencing, I like more because it is kind of goofy looking, how twitchy and, like, tap, tap, tap their feet go when they're moving forward. But otherwise, it's kind of interesting. I don't know if there's any more left in the Olympics, but it might be worth watching some replays. It can be kind of fun to watch. Also, the intensity in the upper-level matches is cool. Handball. Handball is a combination of basketball and soccer, it seems to me. It's, like, soccer playing style and uh, soccer, like, rules system you know running clock fouls are more possession based rather than scoring but as a plain style scoring rate like basketball uh there's like pick and roll at the top of the key some weave stuff it's pretty cool rugby's physicality it's worth a watch the playoffs are coming up i mean the playoffs the uh, quarterfinals are coming up soon so check in lastly shout out flora duffy from bermuda for getting the first gold in country history country of 72 people incredible uh condoms are for nbc commercial breaks they are too long and placed terribly later guys stay safe pretty good i'm not yeah. gonna lie like read in, in our history of correspondent calls you summed up multiple sports in a concise and timely manner i, I think you summed up more in two minutes than jacob faith summed up in 20 call 20 hockey calls <laughs> I, I i think that's a fair assessment <sighs> I, yeah i've been watching pretty spotty as well but i i've been enjoying I'll probably watch from like for a couple hours a night, especially the swimming. Yeah. They move so fast. So I, I swam last that night. Was a, that was a pretty uh, impressive. The Ledecky uh, anchor leg on that relay was that, pretty awesome. That's what I was going to say. So I swam myself last night and I couldn't help think 
of just how slow and how shitty my form is. And then watching that relay where Ledecky came pretty close to almost winning against China. And when the U.S. placed second with the silver, she's just a beast, man. Yeah. Like those women, those women are yoked. I would love to see, and so are the guys, but I would love to see just the percent body fat, how small it is on those swimmers. Uh, I mean, I remember that there was like back in the day when I was like, I mean, I was a kid, but like when I was swimming a lot, they would do that body test and it was like a, it was like a clip. It was like a, it was like a little claw thing that they would put on your body and then it kind of like drags off and it like clips whatever is like excess. And they were like, for most of the people on our team, it was like, this isn't even a, we can't even do it. It's like, it won't, it doesn't clip anything. So it's like less than is, is calculable with the, with a pretty like, you know, antiquated little machine, but yeah, basically zero, zero would be my guess. And obviously a lot of these athletes are, are, yoked but it's just like i mean i mean i'm I'm, i want to bring it back though to like last week or a couple weeks ago i'm not gonna lie i'm watching these athletes i'm watching you know how good shape they are i'm thinking what are they doing in the village joe what kind of swimmer orgies are happening what's going on in the olympic village with all these in shape swimmers what's going on man tell me you're not thinking about that because i am i I never think about it Like, look at these athletes. Maybe that's the thing with Simone Biles is she just wants to get fucked in the Olympic village. I don't know. Call me an old conservative white guy, but I remember the days when Mary Lou Retton could still win gold before getting fucked on a cardboard bed like a real American. I don't think anybody would have that take. I think I think I'm the only one out there who's watching these Olympics thinking. Hey, are they going back to bang? Probably not the only one, but I'm one of the few. But I look forward to watching more again. Swimming. I've decided swimming might be my favorite. Oh, yeah. I mean, no doubt about it for me. Did you watch? Did you watch Katie Ledecky in the 1500? I did. I mean, that's a joke. She's ridiculous. It was amazing that she would she lose the 200. Yeah, but I her think. split time in the relay would have won her the 200. Yeah, but when she did the 1500, which I think is 30 lengths, and that was yeah. the newest. Yep, they've never done that before for the women's. I mean, just to be in that shape. What, what you know what amazes me about the swimming, and then we'll move on. Is I feel like they get out of the pool, they're not even out of breath. Yeah, you notice that? Well, they. I mean, uh, on a on an event like the 1500, you know, you have to, it's all about the pace of it. You know what I mean? Um, the guys are out of breath when they swim the 50 and the hundred, you know, they go as hard as they absolutely can for two laps. They're out of breath. Um, but yeah, the 1500, it's all about, you know, pacing it at the right speed and being like, the key is to never get out of breath. That's the they, key. I bet they pace like that back at the village. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm going to bang for three hours. This is my 1500. Okay. 
Let's move on to the other big news since last episode. Aaron Rodgers. He's back. My guy. He's back. He's got his long hair. He's got his man bun. He's got a few things going on. He had his first press conference yesterday. He's got his NBA Jam office t-shirt. He's got his wraparound sunglasses. Living the life, man. I probably agree with almost everything he said from what I've seen. He was very honest in his press conference. At the same time, critical of the Packers as an organization. And correct me if I'm wrong, but Aaron Rodgers basically said, look, I've been here this many years. I know I'm not an executive or in the front office, but I should have some sort of, not even say, but you guys should maybe listen to me more or at least let me in on the conversations that we're doing with personnel. And he's earned that. He's a three-time MVP. He's a Super Bowl champ. He's a Super Bowl MVP. He's arguably the best quarterback who's ever played. He's top three, top five, whatever you want to name it. That's a whole other discussion. But my point is what he's achieved on the field and what he does to make players better, his opinion should matter. And people at his level on any team, I think opinions should matter. Well, listen, you're Aaron Rodgers. You you have this whole drama with uh, you're not reporting to camp and do you want to trade and and all these things. And and we've talked about it before. I think the the difficult part about this drama for you know guys like us is it was very hard to understand what the hell he wanted. He wasn't open about that. And, um, but he absolutely has earned the right to say, I know what makes this team go. You, we want a Super Bowl. Every single person responsible for that Super Bowl is gone, but me. So obviously you guys think that I am the, you know, X factor. So glad we both agree that I'm the most important person to the success of this team. And I was named the most valuable player in all the sport three times. So let, you know, it would be, it would be kind of dishonest not to act as though you're the most, most important player on the team. And obviously a big part of it still didn't answer what he wanted, but obviously a big part of him being disgruntled was the way he felt he was treated, the way he felt other veterans were treated, the way he felt like he wasn't, um, you know, brought into the fold when they were making personnel de- decisions that, as he said, directly affect him. And I think that's totally reasonable. I mean, you look at, you know, the Super Bowl champs, the Tampa Bay Bucks aren't a whole lot different in their Super Bowl winning season than they were the year before seven and nine with Jameis Winston, but they were slightly different. And the slight difference is, Oh, we brought in Tom Brady's best friend. Oh, we brought in this wide receiver. Tom Brady already tried to get on his team once before, like every decision that was made that made the bucks different from what they were the year before was 
Tom Brady's decision. Sure. And that's totally reasonable. You brought him in to win. And then he told you, here's what I need. And they're cutting, you know, Aaron Rodgers' best friends. And they're letting guys go that he thinks would have made a difference to the team. And you're not consulting him. It's like this: the, the recipe is there. There's five guys in the league at any point who should get that consideration. He's been one for the last 10 years. Don't disrespect him by not doing it. Yeah, and I understand it's a business and financial decisions have to be made. And he addressed that, in particular, talking about Jordy Nelson. He said, I know Jordy made $9 million when he went to Oakland. But he did say he would take a, a reduced, you know, a reduced pay to stick with us. And, and he made valid points. I thought, you know, he said, I thought, you know, Jordy could help bring along, you know, Devontae Adams. And he, he brought up Charles Woodson and Julius Peppers. And I and thought look, he made Randall Cobb's coming back. Yeah. And I thought he made good points too, not just on the field, but the leadership that some of those guys bring and how important it is to have that veteran in the locker room. And I think a lot of teams don't follow that blueprint when they're trying to build a championship. And I think that's a problem. It's crazy to think it really is that they have not gone to him for any advice. And you're right. Look at the bucks. Brady said, I want to bring Gronk back. I want to try to get Antonio. I mean, Bruce Arians went from no way in hell, basically, are we bringing Antonio Brown in, to Antonio Brown joins the team midseason and was a significant contributor in important games. You see what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's crazy to think that the Packers aren't following that same pattern to trust your multiple time MVP Super Bowl winning quarterback. It's just stupid. Yeah. And you're right. They are going to bring Randall Cobb back. And hopefully this makes things easier between the Packers and Aaron Rodgers. But you never know. I think egos are too involved in this stuff. I think sometimes, you know, you have the executives, the GM, the president of football operations, whatever it is. And I think they don't want to trust. Well, I, and I think that, that that's reasonable in some situations. What team are we talking about here? What quarterback are we talking about here? You know, uh, you don't just immediately turn over your franchise and say, Joe Burrow makes all the personnel decisions in Cincinnati. Or Justin Herbert makes all the personnel decisions in San Diego or Los Angeles. But they're not Aaron Rodgers. Sure. Aaron Rodgers wasn't making all the personnel decisions when he came out as a rookie. But he's a three-time MVP now. He's a Super Bowl MVP. He is the sole reason that they have been in contention at any point during his career. The guy that was in charge from a head coaching standpoint has been proven to be fully incompetent. So literally all of your success in the past decade rests on the shoulders of one guy. And you're not going to be like, Hey, do you want your second favorite receiver to stay? It's, it's yeah. just ludicrous. I mean, it really I mean, we talked about it before, you know, I, I, I know everybody 
refuses to ever admit Michael Jordan was on a super team, but like it's in the book. It's in Phil Jackson's book. They asked him permission to bring in Rodman. Yeah. They asked his permission before they traded for him, which was a smart thing to do. You go to your best player and you say, Hey, do you want, you want your fiercest rival to be on the team? Do you want your arch rival? Of course we lost to the fucking magic last year because they took Horace Grant. Of course we need it. I don't care if he's literally my number one, most hated villain. We need him. I can't win without a power forward rebounder. Yes, yeah. I want Dennis Rodman. And they're like, you're sure? Because you you seem like you hate the guy. And he's like, I do. But I want him. Because I want to win. Right. And at the end of the day, that's all that matters. You know, Aaron Rodgers, all he wants to do is win. That's all he wants. You can tell. There's some guys where maybe it's the money. Maybe it's the personal stats. Glory. Again, this is my opinion, but I look at Aaron Rodgers and I look at his career and I look at things he said. The only thing I see from this guy is that he wants to win. He wants to win. He's competitive to the utmost degree. That's all he wants. That's all Tom Brady wants. That's all Peyton Manning wanted. Like these guys have that in their DNA. That's all they want. All they care is a Super Bowl. So the fact that the Packers would ignore that for this many years, it's honestly kind of disheartening to think about the what if. What if they had listened to Aaron Rodgers the last 10 years or the last five years? What if they hadn't made these reckless decisions? Probably would have gotten rid of Mike McCarthy much faster. And now they've gone 26 and 6 and played in back-to-back NFC Championship games since that happened. Yeah. So now he plays this year, and his contract, he can leave after this year. That was one of the concessions that they agreed upon to take a year off. But he also said in the press conference, right, that he doesn't have full say on where he plays next year, and that's a thing. So, I mean, there's there's definitely been some concessions given, but – It'll be interesting to see yeah. what happens next. I don't think we're done with Aaron Rodgers-based drama. No, I don't think we are either. But again, he's commanded that respect. So anybody who wants to say, if there's people out there who want to say, oh, you know, he he doesn't deserve this, that's, that's bullshit. Aaron Rodgers can say whatever he wants. Aaron Rodgers is the, is the reason Green Bay has been relevant for all these yeah, years. I, and I don't know anybody who's saying that. Yeah, and I would hope not. I mean, and if there are, it's like sourpuss, bears, Vikings, Lions fans, right? Yeah. And, and to me, another thing I want to address about this real quick, Joe, it, when I watch this press conference or the things he's saying, I, I, I love him as a teammate. Because some of the argument and some of the chatter was, oh, he's bailing on his team, this and that, with him coming in late and the uncertainty around him. Dude, this could not have been more evident watching this that actually he's a great teammate. He wants to prop up his teammates. He wants to trust the guys that he's practiced with, that he's seen elevate both on and off the field. Everything I see from this, I say, I want to play with that guy because all he wants to do is win. Yeah. So... 
we'll see. I think he's going to be primed and ready to have another great year. So good luck, Vikings, Bears fans, and everybody else. I don't know. Uh, do we want to? Do we want to? Uh, I don't know. Do we really want to play this? Some of this Cole Beasley rap song. I mean, I don't need to hear any more. Like Cole Beasley is so clear. You know, the this is another one where it's like, who are these people that are defending him? You know, as opposed to some Simone Biles, who are these people? The Venn diagram of people who think Cole Beasley are right and Simone Biles is wrong is a circle. But all the proof in the world, we've talked about this multiple times with Cole Beasley now. I've made my thoughts on vaccines very clear. And, you know, we talked about the whole LeBron vaccine thing. He didn't say anything. We talked, you know, the headline yesterday was Carson Wentz. It's a private decision. Crazy. Oh, sorry. Right? Yeah. Um, so Carson Wentz isn't saying one way or the other, you know? And Cole Beasley pretending that this is some health decision while constantly tweeting about it. Nonstop. Constantly putting statements out. Reading a statement that the Bills have to post where he has a mask on his butt chin, like not covering his nose, like now putting out a rap song about it. It's so very clear. There's constant distraction. Making it his thing. Yeah, he is. And and I said this last episode, I cut Cole Beasley. He's, he's replaceable to me. We just talked about Aaron Rodgers, And I said, that's a guy I want to play with because he ultimately his problem was that he wasn't involved and he had earned that. And his end game was to win, whether it was to keep Charles Woodson or Jordy Nelson or Julius Peppers or any of these guys. His end game is to win. I, Cole Beasley's end game is self-promotion. He dropped a rap song about vaccines. Yeah. A rap song about vaccines. I'm going to play. I'm going to play a few seconds of it. Let's, 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 let's see what we think. Let's, let's, let's take out whatever the content is. Let, let's, let's, Dissect his rap game a little. Swang and I swing and I swing and I swung. I don't pop the trunk, bitch. I came in the trunk. I'm a country motherfucker, grew up playing in the mud. Learned to dad in early age, never played with a gun. Uh. The whole world can suck a D with no hands. They all love to see me fall like the seam of those pants. Kill you with opinions, disagree, and go ham. This is some me would be like trying to cover me with no hands. Not a chance in a couple million. Y'all change the colors that's around you like you a chameleon. If DID is red, it's always having fucking feelings. I'ma be bees to the day the legal come to kill them. They ain't fucking with me. Okay. First of all, it's garbage. You think it's garbage? It's garbage. You think you think you, I think his rap skills are garbage. You think they're garbage? I like like I don't think how many times are we gonna say hands in one rap? Oh, okay. I, I'm basing this off other stuff I've heard from him. Suck I don't think his rap skills are no hands trying to cover me with no hands. 
so much money. I got bands in my hands, 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 hands. We get it. You're a receiver, bro. I don't think his rap skills are terrible. I think they're terrible. You think they're terrible? Yeah. Had, had you heard other Cole Beasley stuff? Yeah, we played it on this show before. Okay, I didn't remember if we did. And and also, you know what? Like Cole Beasley with the <laughs> press conferences about freedom, 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 and then goes up and just like fully fucking like like becomes black yeah i'll be I'll, I'll be honest the voice changes a lot he's like man why you know it's just my personal freedom with air with you know you can't you know you can't tell me you know and now he's a fucking rapper i mean you, you know we talk about what's the fucking uh you know what, what's the phrase i'm thinking about cultural appropriation jeez this guy doesn't give a fuck He's a redneck anti-vaxxer and rapper. Pick a fucking lane, bro. He claims he's not an anti-vaxxer. That's one of the things he claims. Well, he, he is. He claims he's arguing that. with people online about how they shouldn't get vaxxed. He's an anti-vaxxer. I'm not saying whether he is or he isn't. I'm saying he claims he's not. I know. And I'm saying he absolutely is. It's the only thing people know about Cole Beasley at this point. Yeah. He, again, he's a distraction. I don't, I don't want him on my team. I, I, I just, I don't want, I mean, to then go next level with a rap single. Dude, your 80 catches, 900 yards is nice, but it's not. It's not nice enough for this. I, I, I don't, I, I personally, I don't want it. Get out of here. I'll find another little white slot receiver. I just need them to cut him because I want Ben Shapiro to make his buddy cop movie with him and Gina Carano fighting crime. I feel like you follow Ben Shapiro a lot, don't you? Dude, I just, I literally don't follow any of these people. I'm just on Twitter and I'm like, these are the takes. Well, you know what you can do? What I started doing. Anytime I see some trending bullshit or some shit that I'm just sick of, you can you can you can click on the, the like thing. No, you can click on the three dots and say this doesn't pertain to me. Right. So 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 granted, I'm living in an echo chamber, but I I try to force feed it with like mostly sports news or entertainment. But I do. I have words muted, and like for some reason, like mute. I feel like mute doesn't work. Yeah, because I put the word Trump into mute like five years ago. And you see Trump shit all the time, don't you? I do. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like muting of phrases does not work on Twitter. Then again, I you know, I don't know how you curate any of this stuff. Like, like how can Twitter possibly curate millions of tweets from millions of users daily? How do you like who's curating that? Is it some algorithm? Yeah, probably. It's not some dude is sitting in an office in Silicon Valley saying, oh, wait, we let one get through. He muted this word. Final thing on Cole Beasley, and we'll move on. Will he play 
a full 17 games this year? Um, no, because I think he'll be, I think he'll miss at least one game with COVID because <laughs> yeah. they're going to test him every single fucking day. I wonder if Sean McDermott has said anything to him. Like, dude, what the fuck, man? Come on. We're trying, we're trying to win games here. We made it to the AFC Championship. We get this young, phenomenal quarterback. We got Stefan Diggs. We got a good defense. We're going to be right there again. We don't need, <laughs> we don't, we don't need your rap single, your multiple personality. I wonder how he talks to those guys. Yeah. Do you think he does Yosemite Sam or do you think he does TI? <laughs> that's, that's exactly what I was wondering. How is he in the huddle? I well, think he, probably, it probably depends on where he is. First of all, in the huddle, he probably doesn't say shit because he's the fucking slot receiver. And Stefan Diggs is like, yo, shut your mouth, fucking slot boy. And in the locker room, he probably fucking. He probably culturally appropriates depending on what fucking area he's in. When he's in like the anti-vaxxing D lineman fucking cowboy section, he's probably like, oh, crazy America. I don't know, mandates. man. I, I think the I think the anti-vaxxing crosses a lot of lines in the NFL world we're seeing. I think there's a lot of guys that are anti-vax or anti-COVID-19 vax. So I like that. Yosemite Sam or T.I., what's he going to do today? It, it's almost like it's multiple personality disorder. Maybe he should go on talk space. Probably a side, it's probably, probably a side effect of his fucking the polio vaccine he got when he was three. Yeah. Maybe he should he should be medically diagnosed, mentally diagnosed. Okay, Joe, let's talk a little baseball. Okay. We have a, a quick call I'll get to. We'll start off with this discussion. What's up, fellas? It's you, boy. Uh, I want to talk about Trevor Bauer. Um, so I see uh, he's supposed to come back from another uh, temporary suspension, whatever they're calling it. And it came out that his teammates don't want him back on this team regardless of the outcome um, criminally or whatever they're going to find out. Um, so obviously this guy's kind of a D-bag. Um, they just want us, you know, World Series. They're probably a super close-knit clubhouse, um, and they just said, fuck it, we don't want him back. So they just signed us due to a $100 million contract. So what do you think is going to happen and how, how this will work out later? So his, whatever it is, exemption was extended again. Right. Another 10 days, which basically means he keeps getting paid while not playing. Yep. So I don't know. If you look at his numbers, he's having a great year. But according to LA Times article, and I read it, his teammates don't like him. But. When he's on the field. And and that's probably separate from everything. That's probably separate from this whole incident. Yeah. He's not a likable guy. He's not been liked essentially anywhere he goes. And the 
argument for Trevor Bauer, or I should say the argument against Trevor Bauer and people thinking about signing him is, is like, how good is he compared to the fucking shitstorm of YouTube and blah, 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 and all the shit he brings with him. And on a different team, a team fighting to, you know, be in the playoffs, uh, whatever. I think it's a different situation. I mean, right now, the, the, the Dodgers are obviously not in first place, but they are three and a half games up on San Diego for the second wild card spot. They're, they're the leading wild card team. San Diego's three and a half games behind them and holds a second spot. After San Diego, your Reds are five games back of San Diego. So they essentially have an eight and a half game playoff lead to get in. Uh, they're not worried about making the playoffs. He's not make or break for them. They won the World Series last year without him. Could they use him? Sure. But at what cost? Yeah, look, again, he was having a good year. No doubt about that. But what cost does that come with, you know? It's a good question. I don't know. I, you know, I, I don't know how much he's disliked, how much, the, like how much validity is to that. And I'm sure there's probably a lot, like you said, take the sexual assault accusations out of it. He's always been outspoken. He's always been a polarizing figure wherever he's played. I don't know how it works contractually. You just signed a guy for a hundred million dollars. I'll say this. You cut him and eat the money. I don't think you can. I mean, I guess you could cut him and eat the money, but like, I don't think that's what they'll do because it's three years and it's a hundred million dollars. So, you know, may as well just like let him sit on the side and let it play out. Um, But the other thing is, is I don't necessarily think we have heard the last of Trevor. Like they're extending it 10 days at a time. I would say it's a coin flip right now, whether or not he plays again for the Dodgers this year. Like the people are like, well, we're not going to see him again this year. I'm not so certain of that. Yeah. I agree. Any big trade deadlines that you've, or any trades during the deadline that. I mean, it sounds like Gallo to the Yankees is happening, right? That's a that's a big deal, especially in uh, the little league ballpark that is Yankee Stadium. And uh, obviously, my Mets are the Vegas favorites on like multiple players. They're Vegas favorites on Scherzer, Vegas favorites on Bryant. Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see what the Mets do. Yeah, one of the Cubs going to start dealing all these players. I don't know. Javi Baez is now on record saying if he becomes a free agent, and wants to play with Francisco Lindor. That was like, that's the weirdest. If I want to be a free agent, I want this request I've ever heard. I love it. Yeah. Well, we have a couple of days, July 31st. Correct. Correct. So the big trades are going to have to happen soon in the next 48 hours. You went to what? One or two games at City? 
I went to a doubleheader, correct, on what was that? Tuesday? Monday? What day did I go to that game? Monday. You come back Sunday? MLB trade deadline is Friday, July 30th at 4 p.m. Okay. So it's tomorrow afternoon? Yeah. Wow. You're not going to any more games, like, are you? We got like 30 hours. Probably not. Um, Mets are here through this weekend. Um, it's and, my Reds, baby. Yeah. And I don't think I ha- I'll have enough. I don't think I'll have free time to get to a game then. And then I may extend my trip a day or two. Um, but even that, they go on the road after after your Red series. So I, I think I'm... Don't think I'll be attending another Mets game while I'm here. Although I will be at multiple Mets games. Mets come to the Dodgers in uh, just a couple weeks, and I already have tickets for one game. I'll be sitting with the Seven Line Army, and then another game uh, the, the next day. I believe is Chris Wilde's birthday, so we're doing a Mets, Dodgers, Wild, and Sons birthday. Well, what, what I did like about your Mets game is that you posted a picture drinking a nice cold Miller Lite at City Field. You know, Andy, there's uh, there's I, I mean, listen, this this isn't a criticism, but it is a little bit of a criticism. You know, I like a ballpark where Miller Lite is available at absolutely every beer stand in concession area. They're they're kind of sporadically placed around uh, City Field. Um, not every stand has them, but I quickly located one in my section that had Miller Lite tall boys. Was it the closest concession stand? No, but I made sure that I walked out of the way multiple times. I wasn't going to enjoy a double header of Mets baseball without enjoying a Miller Lite. And so I enjoyed, I enjoyed multiple. Yeah. And right now, not planned. You and I are both rocking our fresh new Miller Lite hoodies, which they were so generous to send us. I love these hoodies. I love the, the like, I don't even what they call it. It's like the, the weird like shadow logo. It's like just the outline of the logo. It's very cool. But my favorite part about it, I love that they brought back Taste Great, Less Filling as a, uh, as a slogan. Everybody remembers it, remembers that if you're, my age or older, the Bob Euchre and, uh, and, and all the taste great, less filling ads from, from my childhood. So for that logo, for that to be back and to be on the back of the sweatshirt, ah, it feels great. It feels like it's a vintage sweatshirt with a new feel, you know? Yeah, really does guys. Miller light has been the light beer with great taste since 1975. And this is what makes it an easy choice. So next time you're getting ready to enjoy cold ones with your crew, go to MillerLight.com forward slash dirty sports to find delivery options near you. Or you can pick up some Miller Light pretty much anywhere they sell beer. It's Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. Yeah, that, that hoodie looks great. Showing the back of it. And it is, it is very comfy. And the Ruther gang will be rocking these all fall, all winter. 
Okay, NBA trade. There was a trade. Yeah. Then we'll get to some calls. The Grizzlies trade? Was that the big trade? Or was there another one? No, that was... that was. I mean, is there another trade I don't know about? No, that's what I was wondering. Okay, so Memphis is sending Jonas Valachunas and the 2021 number 15 and 51 picks to the Pelicans for Steven Adams, Eric Bledsoe. Number 10, number 40 picks and a protected 2022 first round via the Lakers. Okay. So what do you think about this for Memphis or New I like Orleans? it. I like it for Memphis. I mean, I like it for both teams. Um, but you know, I think Memphis with a playoff appearance last year and, um, you know, with a pretty good fight in that playoff series, they're ready to try to put together a team that can win now. I like Steven Adams. I mean, it says, um, I've the rumors I've read is Eric Bledsoe not likely to stay in Memphis. Um, but Steven Adams, I think is a, a nice pickup for them. And, you know, they're, they're not moving huge lottery picks obviously they're they're a team and i i'd I'd like to deal all around yeah well memphis surprised a lot of people are making the playoffs obviously you have a young star in john morant i like that they're already trying to make moves trying to compete it's a tough conference and the draft is tonight is that true right i don't know is that true the NBA draft is tonight, isn't it? Let me let me see. Am I losing my mind? No, no, no. Was that the NBA draft? Why is this so tough to find? Yeah, it's tonight. That's wild. That's under the radar. And it's going against the Olympics. Everything is, I mean, everything is so jacked up because of the pandemic. Pistons, Rockets, Cavs, Raptors, Magic, your top five teams picking. Yeah. And and most, there, there's already been a number of um, folks reaching out to the Pistons with to no avail. They're, so it looks like they're taking Cade Cunningham. Yeah, a lot of a lot of uh, dude like with the, the Olympics and everything. Jeez, that, man, that, that's they, what I'm they, thinking. They like really snuck up on us with this NBA draft. That's what I'm thinking. That's what I was just going to say. The whole, like, and the whole thing is like everything's off kilter. Like, remember July first used to be free agency. Yeah, they, we they got to get back on schedule. Yeah, because now oh, my brain's not wired for it anymore. Yeah, tonight tonight's like one of those two TV. Nice. You got the, the draft on one TV. You got the Olympics on the other TV. I know. So I don't have much to add to the, the draft because I'm not prepared, to be honest. We both kind of discovered right now. I thought it was well, tonight. I mean, even if I was prepared, like I'm not much of a college basketball guy. Uh, so I watched the NBA draft and learned about all these guys. Really? You don't you don't like college sports? I didn't I didn't gather no. that from last episode. No. Yeah. How's our vote going? Do we have a poll up? 
Has anybody, has anybody put up a poll about whether we should stop talking about college sports entirely? Let me see. Should Dirty Sports continue to cover? Oh, we did it. Well, I got to be. I'm not logged in right now. By the way, I, my my headline, my my episode title from last episode was stolen. It's unbelievable. What does this that is even mean? Yahoo story, SEC, the Amazon of college football. You know you're in trouble when you get when you and the Yahoo headline departments are in the same pool, working the, in the same the, pool. The, the, they're three days after me. I was sitting on that one the minute Texas and Oklahoma were. Th- I was like, oh, they're they're Amazon. I'm sitting on that one. What are you saying? Wait, wait, he's taking a dig at me, Yahoo. I'm taking you up to you to get both of you. I remember when I turned over from Yahoo to Google. What, like email? No, search. Search engine. I can tell you. I know exactly. I, I know the moment I turned over. I was student teaching at Metro High School in St. Louis. And uh, it was interesting high school. It was all men who were metrosexual. No. <laughs> Couldn't resist. Couldn't resist that hack joke. And I was I was in the classroom and one of the kids, it's always the kids, right, who teach you. Yeah. And he's, he's like, you're student. I, I taught, a student taught freshmen. And how it works is, at least with me, you're basically a full-time teacher. You're basically paying to be a full-time teacher for credits. Mm-hmm. So it's like in between classes or whatever. And I'm, I'm, I'm on the computer and the girl's like, dude, you're searching on Yahoo. Nobody uses Yahoo. So this is 2005. She goes, everybody uses Google. And I was like, really? Everybody uses Google. I've always searched through Yahoo. She goes, no, use Google. Forget her name, but I know her face. Like ever since then, Google. Do you know your moment, Joe, when you switched from Yahoo to Google? No, I don't. Yeah. Most people don't. A day that I will never forget. Okay, we have dirtball calls. Let's get to them. The hotline is 310-359-8365. Drop us a call. Let us know what you think. And uh we'll try to get back to you. We'll start off with longtime listener, longtime friend of the show, the official rental car correspondent, CT, formerly from Seattle. Joe, Andy, CT, formerly from Seattle, lifelong Seattle Kraken fan calling in. Um, got two questions. I'll try to make it quick. Uh, you guys talk about Sean Watson. What if, I, I don't recall I have ever thought of this happening before. What if he's playing and just decides to play purposely really, really shittily? Like he just purposely is throwing picks you know, purposely missing receivers, wouldn't that be a way to lower his value in order to better leverage a trade? I mean, I don't, it doesn't make any sense as I'm saying it, but like, I think if I'm Deshaun Watson, that might be what I do. Because the, the Texans are going to start you. Just fucking play like shit. Do your best Jameis Winston impression. I, I can't think why that wouldn't work or, you know, you get benched. 
you're still, if you get what you want, you get paid, and you don't have to play. Kind of, uh, I don't know. I don't know what else you can do. He's a rapist anyway, allegedly. And then, uh, more fun question. I've been watching a lot of Olympics. What random Olympic sport would you want to do? Not, not any of the main ones, no swimming, no, uh, you know, water polo, maybe water polo. Or like fencing, or ping pong, or speed walking. I got into women's street skating. That was pretty fun watching them. That's random. But, uh, what random sport would you want to do? CCL. That's a wild take. Well, it's a wild take because it's, it's like, I don't think the issue with Watson not getting traded right now is that his value is too high. I think it's the 24 rape accusations. And also, you know, it reminds me of a great scene in one, in what I think is maybe the most underrated sports movie of all time, little big league. And in little big league, he's got like the, the diva pitcher who is playing shitty on purpose and the guy's like, hey, maybe uh, if you don't want me to pitch shitty, you should trade me or cut me or whatever. You know, he's trying to get – it's this exact plan. And uh, the manager, who's a 12-year-old, is like, no, I don't think I will. Uh, I think I'm just going to keep pitching you. When it's your turn to pitch, you're going to pitch. And if you pitch shitty, you pitch shitty. He's like, what is the – uh, free agent market on an aging 36 year old pitcher who can't get anybody out. And he goes out there in the next inning and starts dominating, realizing he's only hurting himself by being bad, which would be the argument I would make for Deshaun Watson. Even if he can get himself traded, uh, he's only devaluing himself long-term. Also in the NFL, you can, be cut any at any moment. So you just want to be as good as you can be. And also, again, the issue is not like, I think when you're a dominant quarterback, teams will give four, five, whatever, like Deshaun Watson can command all of the picks. If he hadn't been accused of raping 24 women. He's in my next tier as far as, there's the upper echelon and you could almost even say the super elites. I mean, you could also say like, I, I would almost put, I would probably, if you had to like gun to my head, I'd say Mahomes Rogers is the first class. Yeah. And then obviously the next class is, you know, like a Brady, I'd put Wilson in there and we probably disagree on that. And, and maybe one or two other guys, I, I you know, Watson's like right there. I mean, I would say Watson's in the same class as Wilson. And I would say Brady is sort of a class all his own at this point because, like, where's Brady going at his age and his whatever? But, yeah, I mean, I think that your elite, elite quarterbacks are the, you know, the Rodgers, Mahomes. And then I would say, yeah, I mean, I would say the next class includes with Josh Allen and Wilson and Josh Allen. Yeah. Maybe Lamar Jackson. So he's that good. Yeah. You, you, you can't. Yeah. The idea that he's going to purposely play 
badly. I, I don't think it works. Olympic sport I'd love to be is table tennis, also known as ping pong. I I mean I know it's a uh, new and therefore technically like a rare Olympic sport, but I think being an Olympic surfer would be dope. Yeah. I was, I was watching some of those highlights of the, you know, the, the Chinese teams never lost. They've always won gold, at least the women. I don't know about the men. Dude, it is intense how good they are. I just think of Forrest Gump when I was watching it. Surfing would be cool. What's the, what's the surf? You know more about it. What's, what, what's the surf like in Japan? I mean, there are, there is good surf in Japan. Obviously it's a collection of islands. Uh, so there's good surf there. Ding. Um, I don't know how it is like the, the conditions. So the one thing with surfing is summer's not the best time to surf. Ding. But, uh, you know, that's when the Olympics happen. So it is what it is. You don't get the, you don't get the greatest waves this time of year, but I'm sure I'm certain that in the fall and in the winter, there's epic conditions in certain parts of Japan. I have a I have a dream of making a Japan trip that includes surfing, snowboarding, maybe a little baseball. So maybe like a spring end of snowboarding season, early baseball season, get some cold weather surfing in, eat a bunch of sushi. You bring in Yoshi? No. I, I talked to him take, this week. Take a bullet train. I talked to him this week. Well, he's banned from Japan anyway. <laughs> right. So Yoshi is uh he's coming to Cincinnati, right? To to work with Russell Peters and he's hilarious. He's like, uh I go, I go, I go, man, I was looking because Russell Peters, because obviously he commands that, his tickets are like double what a normal show is. Right. At because normally he's doing theaters and stuff. So I told you, she's like, oh, no, dude, I'll get you in. He's like, just hang out with us. I was like, I was actually like wanting to watch the show. He's like, no, just hang out in the green room. And I'm thinking like, that's cool. But I also like want to see both Yoshi and Russell Peters, you know, live. Yeah. Like like from an audience. And obviously I could probably do both. But uh, Yoshi's hilarious. He, He just... Dude, you know him. I go, where are you? And he goes, I'm looking at beautiful architecture. I'm in Montana. He goes, I'm looking at this church and it feels like it's something out of, you know, Europe, 15th century. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, I got to run. Somebody wants to take a picture with me in front of this church. (laughs) And then he told me he had recently visited uh, the library where Ted Kaczynski was (laughs) reading all his books. Nice. Yoshi's the weirdest fucking trips ever. The weirdest traveler ever. I mean, it really is a show. Okay, the next call, he does not want me to play, so I'm definitely going to play it. Okay. Sorry, guys. When you tell me not to play a call, I play it. Andy, number one farmer to fall, Jay from Minnesota. Um, I hate to be this guy, but you seen what raccoons do to chickens they run in the coop and they just fucking kill they'll kill a chicken and eat like i don't know 
the good the good cuts of meat off the chicken and just leave it there to rot. The vermin. Get a fucking double barrel shotgun like your Omar from the wire. And if you see a raccoon in the trap, do what needs to be done, man. Uh, don't play this call. This is fucked up. You can have the general <laughs> public. But for real, though, raccoons are like vicious to keep fucking disease carriers. But eh, I don't know. We went a little far with that. We don't need to release this to Dirt Ball Nation. <laughs> hey, dirty dude. I love how he thinks that went far. Me, when I catch a raccoon, shooting it. Yeah. I think that's the consensus for most people. In fact, you should have heard some of the wild things that my neighbors have told me. The one neighbor, that's exactly what he said. He goes, I got a shotgun. He goes, you catch two of those things, and they are. They're vicious. They're disease-carrying. They're savages. My other neighbor says, dude, you know what I would have done? Because he caught it on the side of your house where the sun just bakes. He goes, I would let him just die. He goes, you keep them in that cage for 24 hours? They're nocturnal. They're just going to bake and die. I go, well, they're not vampires. I don't, right. I don't know how long. I'm melting. Yeah, I don't know how long in the cage it would take without food. But the solution, get comfortable. You get comfortable would be to shoot them. But I'm also, then I said, okay, then how am I dealing with the, with the carcasses? There's blood and brains everywhere. Like, you got to think these things through. Oh, put, put the cage in. I'm not putting a cage in my car of two grown raccoons. Although I have to make a confession. Oh, boy. Here we go. Well, I, you know, it's not a confession, but it is a confession. I came home Friday night. One of them's got to be lingering. Because so I came home Friday night and, I, you know, there's two garage doors at the house. And, of course, I opened the one to pull my car in. I was a little baked. And I accidentally opened the second one and thought I reclosed it, but I didn't. And I woke up the next day, and the recycling bin was knocked over. Some other things were knocked over. Clearly, there had been something in there, and I know it was the raccoon. Mm-hmm. He, came, he came back. Luckily, nothing else was jacked up, but he was back. Because I was an idiot and stoned and forgot to close the garage door. I think they're lurking. Maybe I should get a gun. Just to kill raccoons. I mean, there's a lot of methods here. Couldn't you just like fill a garbage can with water and drop the cage in the water? Drown them? That's also what my neighbor recommended. Fill a garbage can full of water. I'm the only one in the neighborhood who doesn't drown the chipmunks when they catch them. So I'm humane. I'm the only one who lets them out in the park. Everyone else drowns them. I'm not that big of a savage. Yet. Quick groundhog update. Still on the loose. I know everyone cares. Still on the loose. I'm not even trying. I'm throwing in the towel. Okay. This is a response to you. This will be our last call. Okay. Even though he says both of us, but I didn't really say this. Hey, boys. Uh, second Minnesota Dirt Ball up here with Jay. Uh, just calling in. I want to want you guys to expand a little bit more on Jay's call as far as like the Kirk Cousins, Jordan Love slander or whatever. <laughs> um, Kirk Cousins is 
I don't think he's as bad as you guys think he is. He's pretty mm-hmm. fucking horrible, but I mean, Jordan Love hasn't played a down of football. How can you say he's better? I mean, maybe you guys know something I don't. You can expand on it a little bit more. I agree. Other though, otherwise though, the Packers aren't falling off. Definitely not winning the division, but this Vikings team is pretty good. I mean, with with Kirk Cousins, they're not going to win a Super Bowl or nothing, but. I would take that over Jordan Love and the Packers winning the Super Bowl. So, I don't know. Let me hear it. Comes uh, for the whole AFC, except the Buffalo Bills. See you later. So, this was based on last episode's call where Jay from Minnesota was saying, oh, you know, he was talking. It's funny. He was talking shit about the Packers, and you're going to fall off. Well, a lot has changed, and now Aaron Rodgers is back. So, good jinx right there. And you said, this was not me. Yeah. You would rather have Jordan Love, who's never played it down in the NFL, on your on team. On the Packers. On the Packers and Kirk Cousins. Correct. It, it is a bold claim. I don't know if is I agree it? with that. Is it? Jordan Love was picked where? I don't know, 20s. And Kirk Cousins was picked where? Oh, that doesn't mean anything to me. Well, it means that Jordan Love is better than Kirk Cousins in college. And here's the thing. Let me ask you this very simple question. Have crazier things happened than Jordan Love taking over for the Packers and winning the Super Bowl? Like, is it out of the realm of possibilities that Jordan Love is really good and wins the Super Bowl? There's a 1% chance that it happens. Yeah, maybe. There's a 0% chance that Kirk Cousins ever wins a Super Bowl. He's not good. He's not good. He's not been good anywhere he's been. The Redskins didn't want to give him a contract. The Vikings gave him a contract. The Vikings haven't been good with him. The Vikings did what? Played in an... NFC championship game with who was it at this point? Case Keenum. They're an NFC championship game with a backup quarterback. They signed Kirk Cousins to a big deal. They've won one playoff game since. Kirk Cousins never plays well in big games. What? How long do we give Kirk Cousins to prove that he is garbage? Well, I don't think that's the debate. I think the debate is who the... I understand the debate. The debate is, is Jordan Love better than Kirk Cousins? We don't know, but we do know that it's not a high bar. I will take my chances. He's got a road playoff win at New Orleans. Woo! Fucking Jesus. Look, I know. I'm just saying. For all the people out there, the reason Colin Kaepernick's not in the league is he's trash. More road playoff wins in a fucking one off season in one postseason than Kirk Cousins has in his entire career. Well, look, that's that's besides the point. My point is Kirk Cousins. I'm not a fan either, but we're talking about a guy who hasn't played it down in the NFL. Yeah, I know. And, and, and what you're saying, let, let, let's let's just put this in a box right now. Let's say 2021 Green Bay Packers. Yep. You're telling me 
you think they have a better chance of winning. I'll put it the I'll put it in a way Jordan, that you can I'll put it in a way that you can understand, Andy. Okay. We know nothing about Jordan Love as a quarterback, correct? Correct. Correct. We know nothing about Jordan Love's culinary talents. Correct? Correct. Who makes a better sandwich? Jordan Love or Subway? I mean, I don't Who know. makes if you had to bet on who would make a better sandwich, you know, you don't know if Jordan Love's ever made a sandwich in his life. Would you rather eat a Jordan Love sandwich sight unseen or a Subway sandwich that has yoga mat particles in it and the tuna is an unknown substance? I'd rather have Jordan Love's. Correct. I would. Kirk Cousins is the Subway sandwiches of quarterbacks. I know exactly what it's getting, what I'm getting. Weird, not tuna, yoga mat, trash. We know Jordan Love is a quarterback. We don't know if Jordan Love's ever made a single sandwich in his life. I would rather eat a Jordan Love sandwich than Subway sandwich. I'd rather have Jordan Love at quarterback than Kirk Cousins at quarterback. Subway Sandwiches is the fastest growing franchise in the world. Was. It's changed. Okay. Well, it's up there. Subway's Subway Sandwiches re- record of success is far greater than Kirk Cousins' record of success. And I would rather eat a Jordan Love sandwich, not knowing if he's ever even made a sandwich in his life, than Subway. I do know for a fact that Jordan Love has played quarterback at some point in his life, and I would take him over Kirk Cousins. Have you seen a lot of these Olympic subway commercials? No. And I don't have cable, but when I was at my buddies watching the Olympics on cable, they were running them nonstop. It's pretty offensive. Like, like I tweeted about it. It's it, 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 Here's what's offensive to me is we talk about athletes and like things they promote and the importance of that. Like, I'll just say it for Tom Brady and Megan Rapino, and I forget who else is in the commercial, for all them to push a shitty product that they know. Isn't it kind of funny, though, for people who claim they're only going to push, like, I, I, I'll be honest, I think it's it's kind of fucked up, isn't it? Yeah. But, like, all these people who are outspoken in a lot of other areas, they're all in this commercial, they're all having a good time, and they're they're eating Subway. They're eating fresh. Like... They, they don't eat this crap. I would never push a product. <laughs> All right, I'll stop. Say, I would never push a product. I don't believe. Look, I get they're, they're trying to get paid, but I don't know. Kirk just, Cousins, the Subway sandwiches of quarterbacks. I knew you were, I knew you were going to double down on that. They're really going to make this title a Kirk Cousins title. <laughs> Like I mean, think, but just, but like, imagine that. Imagine like you go over, you know, to to one of your friends' house tomorrow, and they're like, "Hey, man, we can go get Subway, or I could just like throw something together from the refrigerator." You'd be like, "Yeah, let's do the fridge thing." What do you have in that refrigerator? You don't even know what's in the refrigerator. It's like, yeah, I like Subway is so bad. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So bad. You know what you're getting, and you know it's not good. That's Kirk Cousins. I would rather go like I am 
Jordan Love is I'm in a random town. I've never heard. It's a one-off sandwich spot. I've never heard of it. It's on Uber Eats, but it's that or Subway. Fuck like, it. I'll take my chances. Like people will judge someone based on politics or who they vote for. I honestly would put this. It, it wouldn't be in those. I'd put it at the top of my list. If you willingly went to Subway. Like as far as judging someone. I'm going to judge you when there's so many better sandwich options. Watch, watch, we're going to get an inquiry about sponsoring a sponsorship with Subway. Like, we that's couldn't all. do it. We couldn't do it. No, we no. couldn't. We couldn't. I'm just saying like all these athletes, they're all pushing it. JJ Watt, the Watt brothers, Deion Sanders, the Watt brothers. You know, if the Watts are involved, it must be good. Three one Watts like JJ Watts like every day I go out in my backyard and take a monster truck tire and knock it over like a thousand times. After I'm done, guy from Subway comes up, sweeps up the rubber particles and puts them in the bread. So gross. So gross. 310-359-8365. That's the hotline. Uh, thank you for the podcast reviews. Again, I'm getting koozies out this week, probably tomorrow. So if you leave a podcast review, drop a Twitter or Instagram handle so I can reach out to you, get your address and get you two free dirty sports koozies. Follow us on social at the dirty sports for Twitter and IG. Follow me on social media at Joe Prano everywhere, except for on Twitter at fix your life. Go to JoePrano.com. I have shows uh, this Saturday in New York city at the stand and uh, always adding shows to my list. So if you are wondering if I'm coming somewhere near you, you can always check my calendar at JoePrano.com. If you're in the new Orleans, Louisiana area i will remind you that i will be there the first weekend of october october 1st and october 2nd two shows every night and october 3rd giants at saints so if you ever needed a reason to make your way to new orleans how about football and comedy and, and food and bourbon street and, and Jameis winston interceptions exactly oh man I have to get those. I intercepted this shirt from Jameis Winston. Would you rather Jordan Love or Jameis Winston? For the Packers? Just for it. Just, just, uh, you're starting a franchise tomorrow. They're like, you can have a proven Jameis Winston or an unproven Jordan Love. Jordan Love. Yeah. So what are we talking about? <laughs> Why was I treated like I'm crazy? I wasn't saying you were crazy. I was just wanted to. You're like, I didn't say this. I didn't say this. I want to be on the record of saying this is not this is not my statement. Well, I just I'm not a Kirk Cousins fan. I just I don't know, man. You got a guy who's never played it down. You just took him over, you know, Hall of Fame trending Jameis Winston. I would argue Kirk Cousins has had a better career than Jameis Winston. I would argue that they're both bad. I was reading a deep dive on Jameis, actually that there was a big article on the quarterback rankings and the athletic. And basically they keep using doing unnamed sources from coaches to personnel in the NFL. And, and it was interesting reading his the, the guy was basically saying, dude, he's always going to be feast or famine. If you dial down 
which Sean Payton will probably do if he's their quarterback. If you dial down the amount of throws, you're also going to have reduced touchdowns, reduced yard. Like, do I mean, do we think Jameis Winston is their week 12 starter? I think there's a good chance. Really? Yeah. I want it personally. I want him to be the week one starter. Right. Well, I want him to be the week one starter, but do you think he's the week 12 starter? Uh, okay. I see what you're saying. I don't know. Probably not. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. All right. Trade that's for Jordan. Love. <laughs> that's the show. Thanks for tuning in guys. Trade have for a, a tuna sandwich. Have a, uh, have a great a week. week. <laughs> have a great weekend. And as always stay dirty.